Hey, welcome to the Crosspoint Church Podcast. I'm Rob Chartrand, the lead pastor of the church. We're a church that's for the city in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and are passionate about helping people find their way back to God. Hey, if you're new, I'll have a bit to say at the end of the podcast, but in the meantime, let's listen to this Sunday's message. Hello, well, good morning, everyone. We made it. You made it here on the coldest day we've had this year thus far. So why have we come here? Well, we've come here to huddle for warmth together, right? But seriously, respect the space of the person beside you. Okay, I'll just make sure that's... Uh, good morning, Crosspoint Church. If you don't know me already, my name is Micah, and I'm the connections and uh, frontline coordinator here at Crosspoint. There's a couple people that know who I am. And from time to time, I get the privilege to share God's word. And, but my hope today is that you would leave inspired and more importantly, motivated. So before we jump into God's Word, I want to take this idea and I want it to plant it in your mind uh, because I want it to follow you home and throughout your day this week. And here's the idea. Here's the idea right now. Treasure containers leak. Let me say that one more time. You can write it down. Treasure containers leak. And if you take nothing more home today than that phrase, I'm good with that. My job is accomplished. Now, now let me explain what I mean. So if you have your Bibles or your Bible apps, uh, turn to 2 Corinthians 4, verse 5. Or there's this handy screen behind me, and we'll have it up here, and you can follow along. So 2 Corinthians 4, verse 5. Here's the wisdom that Paul shares to the Corinthian church in this letter that he's writing. So are we ready? Paul says in verse 5, For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Here's the most important verse right here, verse 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. He continues to write, We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. And he goes on, he says, We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Can we pray today that we'd understand what this means, what Paul is talking about? Let's pray together for the hearing of God's word. Lord Jesus, change us. Teach us today what it means to live and lead like you did. What it means to impress that truth on our hearts and move us to action. Let us truly be people who glorify you in all that we do. We love you. Amen. First, let me ask you something. Do you have a treasure do you have this one thing or this one person that you will hold at all costs? Maybe it's, if you're like me, it was your first pallet gun or your first bicycle. Maybe it was this heirloom your great-granddaddy gave you. Maybe for some of you, it's a close friend or relative. You think of it often, you hold it close, and you want to share it with anyone who will listen. Remember show and tell? Because you because of how much it means to you. 
I, I think of that thing. Think of that person. I, I can think of a cup, couple, but one in particular comes into mind. Let's look at the next slide. This is my family. Yeah, in all its glory. As a proud new dad, some of you know already, I will take every opportunity to talk about my family, even right now, and then I will spam your social media with pictures of them and my ever-growing child, because he's just so chunky and cute. Some people are like, yeah, he does that. When I look at my little family, I see my treasure. They're right here, my treasure. My heart and my mind explode for them. If I'm to be honest, I would jump into traffic for them. Honestly, I would run down the street in my underpants singing show tunes if that's what they needed me to do because I make every effort to hold them well. They're my treasure. And to, I, so I protect them and I invest in them. And yes, I even share them with you guys. I got to share. I do every effort to... Do good by this treasure that I've been entrusted with. Do you have a treasure in your life? Do you, when you have something that valuable, what do you do with it? How do you carry it? How do you treat it? That's the question. And Paul has this treasure. He tells us about this treasure. And he carried it in such a way that it glorified God. What was Paul's treasure? Well, simply I'll tell you. It was the gospel of Jesus Christ. That while Paul was still imperfect... God sent his son to die for him, to save him, to save Paul. So Paul says in this verse 5, we have this treasure in jars of clay. I want you to highlight that or write it down or remember that because when we read this passage, this image is the key to unlocking what Paul is talking about. But we have this treasure in jars of clay, this word picture, this jars of clay you know, Paul says that he carries this treasure in a container. But what, what on earth was this container Paul is talking about? Well, he tells us it was his person, his, his body, his soul, and his mind. That was Paul's treasure container. But what's more is Paul reveals that we also are containers. We're just like him. Did you know that? Did you know you're a container? Eyebrows, I'll take that as a Yes. For Paul, he wasn't perfect, but he had the treasure. The treasure was forever, but the container was fragile. But what mattered to Paul was how he carried that treasure. So Paul, in this passage, identifies three qualities. There's the first one of an effective treasure container that changes the way we live and ensures that God gets the glory that he's due. And the first of those qualities of a treasure container that is effective in glorifying God is purpose. So what's the purpose of a container? Let's, let's, let's talk it about the basic functions of a container. Of course, we fill it up and we pour it out. Really simple. You put something in a container with intentions of getting it out again. Otherwise, there's no point. Like, think of fine wine or that special jar of peaches in the back of the pantry you hide because you don't want your mother-in-law to get it. They're not there anymore. <laughs> Just kidding. Your paper cup today that you had in the lobby was intended for a hot beverage. That vase on your kitchen table is intended for the flowers that you buy your wife. Or at least you should. <laughs> Sorry, guys. 
every container has a purpose. Did you know that God has a purpose for you, for your container? You were not a mistake. You were created for a purpose. So if you want to know what that purpose is, that is life's question. But God is calling you for a twofold purpose. First, to be filled. Simple. You know, when I was growing up, my mom used to say this to me, be careful what you put in your soul. Be careful what you feed your spirit. What movies you watch and what music you listen to. If you fill your life with garbage, that's what will be coming out of you. Garbage. If you fill your your life with light and goodness and the Holy Spirit, that will be coming out of your mouth, evident in your decisions and displayed in your actions. I get it now, Mom. I was listening. Sorry it took so long. In the same way, Jesus, in the Gospels, he, he warned the religious leaders of his time. He said, Woe to you, teachers of the law, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside is full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee. First clean the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside will be clean as well. See, what Jesus is saying is that what's inside counts. But are we willing to renovate our souls and clean out our hearts to become containers worthy of the gospel of Jesus? Again, there's this story where Jesus is at this wedding in Cana. And what happens is when the wine runs out, the servants are instructed by Jesus to fill these containers, these jars, with water. And so Jesus blesses these jars, and the water is transformed into this rich and flavorful wine. Everyone was amazed at this wedding, what Jesus had done. But you know what's more amazing? Jesus can take us, fill us, and change our water into the best wine ever. Do you want that? You know, there's this guy named Dwight L. Moody. We'll look at him up here. And he, had, he was an American evangelist, often associated with the holiness movement out of Chicago. But he saw this internal need for a gutting of the inside. He believed that when your hearts were emptied of everything contrary to God, then the Spirit of God would move in. But only if there was room. He says here, I also believe that many a man is praying for God to fill him. And when he is already full with something else. Before we pray God would fill us, I believe we ought to pray that he would empty us. There must be an emptying before there can be a filling. And when the heart is turned upside down and everything that is contrary to God is out, then the Spirit will come. I think he's on to something here. If we're suitable containers for the truth of the gospel, in with it can move the treasure, our hope, which is assurance in Jesus Christ. Our purpose is to be filled, containers ready for filling. Here's a funny thing. Artisans can use porcelain to create any number of kinds of containers. They can make a a cup fit for a king to drink from or build a bowl for the bowels. Gross, right? But should we take what belongs in the ladder and put it in the king's cup? You were made to hold the riches of the kingdom. Don't fill your container with garbage. Choose the treasure. And once you have the treasure, the second purpose of a container is simply that we be poured out. Let me ask you, if you were squished, what would come out? 
would. Okay, bad question. Think of a sponge. If you squeeze a sponge, if it, what, when it's soaked in a liquid, what comes out? The liquid that you, you soaked it in. If you were to submerge it in water, water would, would come from it, drip from it. If you were to drip it in uh, gasoline, gasoline would dribble from it. Whatever sponge contains is evident when it's stressed. In the same way, when a container is shaken and stirred, its contents come pouring out. It is the same way with the treasure within us. When we are shaken and stirred, the treasure of the gospel comes spilling out. It's this glorious mess that confounds the people who hear it and see it. It is puzzling when Christians who are, uh, carry the treasure well exhibit joy and hope despite suffering and hardship. That's why Paul says, we are hard-pressed on every side. We're, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We carry always around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. The fact is we could be crushed with or without the treasure in our container. What the difference is is what it produces, right? Treasure containers leak hope when shaken. We carry in ourselves both the life and death of Jesus. The gospel transforms our lives into his life, which is life victorious over sin and death. With that comes the pouring of ourselves, just like Jesus poured himself out. You know, the prophet Isaiah says uh, Jesus' sacrifice went like this. He poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Even at their last meal with the disciples, Jesus extended this cup to the disciples, and he said, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus is our model. If we want to reach the lost, we need to imitate him. He obediently served this purpose. Jesus poured himself out, and absorb the sin of the world so we would not know the consequence of it. So now he is calling us who know the truth to do the same, to pour ourselves out so others might know the treasure that is found in Jesus. It comes at a high cost to ourselves to dare to share this treasure. But the cost is incomparable to the, the treasure that is found within us. Do we know our purpose? You were created to be filled and to pour out. It's just that simple. But the fact is we'll discover that we, there are no perfect containers. There are no perfect people. Every container is leak. You leak, I leak. Which brings us to what Paul's second quality of a treasure container is. It is that they display joy in weakness. Why? Simply because it makes Jesus look amazing. It makes God look awesome. Paul says that it magnifies the all-surpassing power of God. And you know, Paul didn't believe that his weakness would be a barrier to serving God's purpose. And I believe today that your weaknesses will not stop you from honoring God with your life. You know, weaknesses aren't something that we're eager to display in this day and age, is it? 
we fortify our lives, we build up our bodies, we prepare to defend ourselves in the fight for everyday life. Maybe that's just me. But in fact, we're imperfect containers. Paul implies that we're what he calls jars of clay. Breakable, vulnerable, and sometimes cracked. Are you, are you a little cracked? I'm a little cracked. But it is in us that Paul says this treasure wants to come and reside. In us. All because of our imperfections, though, the treasure leaks. I know what you're saying. You're thinking, Micah, speak for yourself. I'm not weak, and I get that. But I want to be clear. I, I, in fact, I, I think that God is the master potter, and he can take any crack pot and tr- begin this transforming work to create you and make you into this work of art. It's not wrong to be strong or uh, achieve strength. But what I am saying is that you are only as strong as you can be in a broken and fallen world because of a merciful and powerful God. You know, part of our redemption story starts with this early time in human history where we traded obedience and connection with God for independence and control. And what we found out was we were very wrong. Now that choice leads all humankind down this road to destruction. And that is what we call the human condition. And we don't like it that much. It's so hard to accept that we're weak. There's this guy named Jean Vanier. He's quoted saying, growth begins when we are able to start to accept our weakness. Vanier is this 89-year-old Canadian. He's this theologian, philosopher, and humanitarian, the son of Governor General Georges Vanier. And while Jean was a young man, he left the Navy because God called him to a purpose, and the purpose was to find deeper meaning. And so while he was attending school in France, he encountered a number of communities where there were men with uh, intellectual disabilities, men who society saw as inherently weak and need of care. But what was interesting here is was in these encounters with these communities, Vanier realized the vulnerability that was so obvious in these men was also in him. It revealed the constant of the human condition, that we are all intrinsically weak. So in Vanier's book, Becoming Human, he says this, Let's read it together. We human beings are fundamentally the same. We all belong to a common, broken humanity. We all have wounded and vulnerable hearts. Each one of us needs to feel appreciated and understood. We all need help. So with this in mind, why do we try so hard to be strong? I think since the fall, we've just rejected our weakness rejected our need for God, grappling for strength and security. I, I deal with that on the day-to-day. You know, so past at institutions, they, they, uh, they crusaded for power and killed for influence. And it's still today, there are those who call themselves Christians who make shows of strength that tarnish the name of Christ. So let me ask you, when was the last time human displays of brute strength did anything to redeem humankind? really honest, the truth is that our weakness is also the key to our redemption, not our strength. Our weakness makes it easier to find the truth. It's when we say to ourselves, I am 
It's impossible for me to achieve my own redemption. I need a little help. Then I can start to search for and encounter and call upon the creator whose only good pleasure is to save me. And our common weakness helps other people personally identify with that truth. Here's a note. The credibility of our witness to the world is how we relate to the lost. And so the fact that we were once hopeless but now have redemption, healing, and life is our witness to others. So when we rejoice in our weaknesses with others, we can allow him to exhibit his strength. We rejoice in our weaknesses because we know that God is strong. We know that he can break every chain. We know that he can pull us from the pit. We know that he can heal us, everything and everyone, and make us all new. It's funny. Typically, we judge a container based on its aesthetic looks and, and, and structural qualities. Think of every time that you went to the store to pick out a new container. You made sure it didn't have any cracks and that it, it, it would fulfill its purpose. And of course, you made sure it looked cool, because we just love cool things. But it's not so with God. He takes weak, imperfect, and funny-looking vessels and uses them for his glory. Our witness as treasure containers is not merely our common weakness, but our common experience of the power of God. One thing I used to tell people I worked with when we talked about God, and yes, we did, we tried, I would say this, if the Holy Spirit came and, and manifested his power to you, would you believe in a loving, powerful God? And they were like, well, yeah, logically that makes sense. I guess so, of course. And then I would ask them, can I pray that you would just have that encounter? That God would just come into your life with power? My point is this, our words alone will be insufficient in comparison to the witness that God has because of what he's done in our lives and what he will do in the lives of the people we know. Our actions and our accomplishments will always be insufficient in comparison to the all-surpassing power that comes from God alone. That's why we rejoice in weakness. Any vessel that claims to have the treasure but doesn't have cracks should be questioned for a little bit. Are they relying on the power of God for their lives and the lives of others? What power is being applied? There's a South African writer and pastor, uh, Andrew Murray, from the early 1900s, who says it way better than me and summarizes it well. So we're just going to read it from that. He says, The Christian often tries to forget his weakness. God wants us to remember it, to feel it deeply. The Christian wants to conquer his weakness and be freed from it. God wants us to rest and even rejoice in it. The Christian mourns over his weakness. Christ, Christ teaches his servant to say, like Paul, I take pleasure in my infirmities. Yea, I will gladly glory in my infirmities. And then he goes on to say, the Christian thinks his weaknesses are his greatest hindrance in life and service to God. God tells us that it is the secret of strength and success. It is our weakness, heartily accepted and continually realized, that gives us our claim and access to the strength of him who said, my strength is made perfect in weakness. I know that's a long quote, so can we just review that last bit for a second so it sinks deeper into our hearts? It is our weakness, heartily accepted, 
and continually realized that gives our claim and access to the strength of him. Rejoice in your weaknesses because it makes God look awesome. It magnifies his strength. Paul understood that the purpose was to be a container of the treasure, aware of his flaws and his imperfections, but our purpose and our weakness both point to the same direction, to the truth. It helps us focus on what matters the most, treasure, the treasure. So most importantly, the quality of a treasure container is the focus on the treasure. You must keep your eye on the prize with the eye of the tiger, just like Rocky Balboa during one of his famous training montages. He knew what he was working for. Another victory in the ring for his beloved Adrian. Adrian. He always knew what he was working for. So in the same way, we need to know what this treasure is. So if you're here today and you don't know what this treasure Paul is writing about, let me tell you the good news. You were created by a loving God who despite the fall of humanity into disobedience sent his greatest treasure, his son, to earth for you so that you might gain the riches of the kingdom. Jesus became a man and died in our place so we wouldn't know the consequence of sin and disobedience. Jesus conquered death and the grave so that we might have life instead. Think of it this way. Jesus bankrupted himself so that we might inherit a new kind of life. One with purpose and connection and wholeness. And it is by our proclamation of faith in Jesus that we have hope. And because of our relationship with him that we call him our Lord our treasure. Now Jesus is calling us to live out his life and his purpose, sharing the riches of heaven until he comes back one day. That's the gospel. That's the treasure. The treasure that we hold in our container. So if that's not what you're treasuring today, if that's not what you're focusing on, what is your treasure? You know, a treasure can be all sorts of things or people or ideas, something that we assign with great value. Essentially, we can subjectively value anything. That's where the problem lies. What are we valuing? Perhaps you're like me and you you value family. That's good, I think. Perhaps you're really into your career. That makes sense. I get that. But some of you might be a little bit into yourself, into your reputation, your image, I get that. My wife thinks I'm like that. (laughs) Sometimes. But maybe you're not even holding on to treasure. Maybe you don't feel like you have treasure inside. Maybe there's something else. Maybe there's things that are holding on to you. Things that you'd rather live without. Things that sometimes make you feel like you wish you weren't alive. Things that haven't quite been kicked out of your container. And I get it. It's so easy to get distracted from what is important In life, daily we fight to hold on or to let go. But before long, we look inward to see if the treasure is still there, and we discover that there's no treasure inside us at all. We need to know what's going on. So that's why we need to look beneath the wrapper. Consider any package or container. Whether they are glamorous or just downright ugly, there are tons of containers that we encounter every day. In fact, I find it impossible to think in modern life we could live without them. 
With containers, we, we could not protect, transport, mature, create, share, and cherish a great number of things. Yet, here's the thing, the, the container is not really the point, is it? In most cases, the container doesn't really matter at all. It's what's inside that really appeals to us. Tools, sweets, essentials, non-essentials, sustenance, and treasure all can be found in a container. For example, on Christmas Day, you don't go on Christmas morning and rip the wrapping from the biggest gift under the tree, throw the gift behind you, and proceed to just revel in the wrapping. No, not unless you're a little child. You want what's inside. You don't care about the wrapping. Actually, look at this candy bar. Its wrapper and labeling are so attractive, pulling you in with words like creamy and nougaty and milk chocolate. It's been engineered by advertisers to manipulate consumers who would throw caution to the wind and buy into the story of happiness that this chocolate bar is selling. Yet you open it, and what happens is it's disappointing. What you find is this bland piece of generic wafer and intense corn syrup. (laughs) At that point, is the wrapper in which you put your dreams and hopes and everything in, is that enough? No! What you were focused on was the creamy, nougaty goodness and treasure inside. It's important we understand that we're containers able to hold a great amount of darkness or light. Paul says that we're temples of the Holy Spirit, which know the truth, and the Holy Spirit comes in and shows us the treasure. So what's in you? Look inside. Do you contain the treasure of the gospel? That is why it's so important to look beneath the wrapper, beneath the container, into the contents. You never know what you'll find, whether you're examining yourselves or examining the people you follow. It was a great importance to Paul for the Corinthian church to look past charisma and eloquence and showmanship that would steal their attention and focus on the treasure of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Look past the container, into the contents. And in the same way, Paul is instructing us to focus on that treasure that is contained within. Do we have it? Are we treasuring the right things? Do we follow people who have the treasure? Even today, it's important you don't focus on me, but focus on the treasure that I carry. I am this unfinished renovation of my Lord. Just ask my wife. We need to maintain the focus. Because once we know the hope that is found in Jesus Christ and have come into this glorious light, it would be irresponsible to trade that hope for what's next and hot in the next trend in the spiritual arena. You are this container with a purpose. Focus on the treasure you carry inside. That is a vital part of what it means to be a cross pointer. We point to the cross of Christ. We are focused on the treasure. Imagine if that were not merely our name, but a description of everything we do. The cross of Christ. There's the cross of Christ. That's our focus. That's our purpose, to magnify that. I don't care about my weakness. Let's magnify the cross of Christ. So as I invite the band up, I want to leave with a couple thoughts. Just a couple thoughts. What kind of container are you? 
And as we close today, I want to consider how we're living. So first, what's your purpose? What's your purpose? Are you displaying God's power in your life? Second, are you aware of your cracks? Are you rejoicing in your weaknesses? And finally, most important today, is what's in your cup? What is in your cup? Do you have the treasure that Jesus Christ offers? If you're shaken, what spills out? What's in your cup? If you need that treasure today, you have an opportunity today to get cleaned out and get filled so you can pour out. So at the end of this service, after the gathering, there will be people who are willing to pray for you that you would get that treasure. But finally, would you pray with me now? I'm going to get you guys to stand up. Can you stand up for me? And we will continue to worship and respond in a moment. But if you're one of the people here today and you think you need to reevaluate your purpose and your focus, I want you to pray this prayer with me. You can repeat these words after me if that's you. Let's pray. Powerful Jesus, be evident in my life, in my suffering and in our success. Impress on my heart what it means to be a cross-pointer. If there's anything inside that is taking too much room in me, help me make room for more of your riches. Use me as a container of hope to share the treasures of your kingdom to the lost in my life. We love you. I love you. Amen. Well, thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope it's helped you in your spiritual journey and it's helped you draw closer to God. Let me tell you a little bit about us. Crosspoint gathers as one church on Sundays in Northeast Edmonton. And you can find out our location and more about us by visiting our website, thecrosspointchurch.ca. We also meet throughout the week throughout Edmonton in what we call home groups. These are smaller communities of learning, laughter, community, uh, transformation. We, we think that the journey of faith was never intended to be an independent exercise. It's, it's something that we do together. So please visit our website and find out how you can get connected to a home group near you. If you listen to our podcast regularly, why not make it shareable? You could like us on iTunes or share our podcast with other people. But more importantly, we hope you will get connected with other people and talk about what you've learned. Again, hey, thanks for listening. We pray you'll experience Christ's love in a very real and profound way this week.